Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church Sunday Adult Bible Study. November 7th, starting on time. Praise the Lord. You all set your clocks back, right? Fall back. You didn't show up to church an hour early. Tony did. Bonus points for you, Tony. <laughs> Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this day that we can come into your house and study and learn and be taught and trained and figure out how to walk this thing out that we call the Christian life, that we can function in the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we bless your holy name and we thank you for what's about to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, the PowerPoint is a flying pig. So uh, we'll title this, Can Pigs Fly? Okay, we're going to skip a few of these. Can pigs fly? The flying pig. Mrs. Young says, in the picture. <laughs> Pastor Stan says, throw him out of a helicopter. <laughs> Why did Jesus cast demons into a herd of pigs? Strange, isn't it? Because they're stupid. <laughs> okay, this was the first swine flu pandemic. <laughs> okay, we're going to skip some more of this. Okay, what happened before this? I've got so much material here. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, now, let's get into the story. There's three Gospels that talk about this story, and we're going to look at all three of them so we can get a little bit different idea. Mark 5, 1, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. So some of them say Gadarenes, some say Genesaret, uh, um, and uh, I can't think of the third one here, but it says, so that was the uh, Sea of Galilee. On the, I'm pretty sure the west side was the Jewish side, and the east side is the Gentile side. So they went to the Gentile side. This is the time that Jesus was in the boat, and a storm come up, and they go like, we're going to die, save us. And uh, he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. So they crossed the sea and came over to the Gentile side. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, this is not the name of the spirit, but uh, that is a biblical definition, um, an unclean spirit. But I'll just tell you, all uh, demonic spirits are unclean spirits. But this is a specific type of a spirit that they call an unclean spirit. And that was not the spirit's name. That was his function. Now, we look at Luke talking about the same story. And he went forth to land. In other words, he got out of the boat, set foot on land. There met him out of a city. So there was a city there, and there was a lot of cities there, which I will explain to you. 
which had devils. So there's another way to say that is demons or spirits. He had many spirits, not just one. He had many, and he had them a long time. He wore no clothes, so this guy was naked, just like Adam and Eve. Naked. Neither abode in any house but in the tombs. How many possessed men were there? I see one finger. Soon he says a bunch of them. Marsden's showing two fingers. Marsden, have a free donut. Well, he, he bought donuts. <laughs> it's two. Let's look at Matthew, uh, another gospel. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two, two men possessed with devils. These two guys were naked and filled with devils. They came out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass that way. These guys were raving, we would say stark raving mad or lunatic. They were just crazy, possessed, totally possessed by demons. So there was two of them. Who's talking? Who's talking in church? <laughs> okay, verse 29 here. And behold, they cried out, saying, so these spirits were talking. No, the man was using his own voice, but what was inside was speaking. What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? What time? Well, that would be Day of Atonement, Judgment Day, where they will be locked up and put in the lake of fire. That day. And there was, this is going to the end of the story here, and there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. Those are little piggies that didn't make it to market. So the devils besought him, saying, so they're still talking now. It says, the devils, all these spirits inside of the man were talking. If thou cast us out, suffer us to go into the herd of swine. They're saying, Can you, well, permit us to go into the pigs. And he said unto them, go. Jesus said, go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of pigs. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. They drowned in the sea. So they ran, you know, the, the spirits left the two men and went into the pigs, and the pigs went buck wild, ran down the bank and jumped in the water and drowned. Pig suicide. Here's a cute little picture of what's going on. You can see... Jesus there with his hands up and the demon-possessed man and the pigs jumping over the cliff. Amen? That's what's happening. Now, they had the keepers of the swine. It says, and they that kept them fled. They ran off. Now, that's what normally happens when, you know, at least in America, you start casting out demons and they manifest. The people run out the back door because they've never seen this before. Well, these guys ran off, and the, they say there was 2,000 pigs there. That's a lot of pigs. That's a big, you know, I grew up in Iowa, and Iowa's a pork state. They have the pork queen and the fair and the porks and the blue ribbon pork and all that. 
and I've raised hogs. We feed 100 to 200 at a time. So I never saw a 2,000 head herd, but uh, I've seen 100 and 200, and that's a lot of pigs. So 2,000 pigs is a lot of pigs. Anyway, they ran off. They went their way into the city. So there's a city there, and they told everything. And what was befallen to the possessed of the devils? These two guys, they, they got set free, and the pigs ran over a cliff and died. So you think they're going like, praise the Lord, hallelujah? You think that's what's happening? <laughs> they came and said, get out of here. So when God manifests his power, usually the, it's the church people that have the problems. You know, like you, you can't be doing that, you know. 34, and behold, the whole city came out. This is important. The whole city came out. They were unified. See, this is your right hand and left hand path. The, uh, the people against the church are against us. They're pretty unified, you know, but the church isn't so unified. It shouldn't be like that. We should unify and have authority in the world instead of having the whole city come out against us. Amen. So they came out to meet Jesus when they saw him. They besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Now, that's a nice little um, way to say leave. But that's, you know, these people would have been upset and mad. And they're about probably going to kill Jesus and throw him over the cliff. Because that's a lot of money that just uh, perished. You know, I looked up on uh, the Internet this morning. Uh, pig price on the hoof. I can't believe it. It's 77 cents a pound. Pretty cheap. But even at that it, uh, we, we put market rate hogs when I was a kid at 90 pounds. You buy them a little feeder pig, feed them for a few months, they get 90 pounds, you send them to market. That's market weight. And even at uh, 100, 100 pounds a pig at 77 cents a pound is about $150,000 even today. And uh, you can't buy pork for under a dollar. How much is it? I don't know. Well, ribs are about 15 bucks for a short the short ribs so anyway they were mad they said get out of here so let's start back here at the beginning mark 5 3 this is the possessed man he says he dwelt among the tombs and no man could bind him no not was chained so they chained this person up and they probably chained both guys up but uh, these guys were raving mad and if you went past their area they probably chase you down and, and uh, thrash you around because they were possessed and they had their territory and you go into their territory, they're going to get you. And so they'd get people tied down with chains. He'd break them. Next verse. Because he had often been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Um, don't know if I have this in another scripture. Yes, here, uh, New Living Translation. When he was put into chains and shackles, so people would lock this guy up. And he was often locked up. He snapped the chains off his wrist. Sounds like Samson, right? <laughs> Break the cords like burned flax. He'd snap the chains off his wrist, and then he'd smash the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. This is a picture it's the same picture of Samson, only a different side. See, Samson had the anointing of God and an anointed jawbone of an ass, and he killed a thousand Philistines 
with the jawbone of an ass. That's supernatural strength. Well, this guy had supernatural strength that just happened to come from the dark side. So does Satan have power? Sure, he has power. We just happen to have authority over him if we know it. Yes, God calling. God calling. <laughs> okay, this is a spirit of Baal. The man was cutting himself. No, Baal is a cutting spirit. And we deal with that. People are cutting themselves and they have to get deliverance and, and teach and, and set free and, and cast out demons. But that is a cutting spirit. You saw that when Elijah, the prophets of Baal, the showdown, they were cutting themselves. The blood gushed out. This guy cut himself with stones. So that was the spirit of Baal. But they named the spirit that was in him an unclean spirit. But he had many spirits in him. And so Baal is a cutting spirit. Verse 5, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs. This is a graveyard, tombs, crying. Uh, other scriptures say howling. He's howling at the moon and cutting himself with stones. And pretty, you know, if we would see this guy today come into our church, we'd all move away, right? <laughs> maybe find a oh look at the time yeah he wouldn't make it in he'd, he'd be stopped at the door anyway verse 6 but when he saw Jesus afar off he ran and worshipped him that's strange isn't it a demon possessed person going and falling down at Jesus feet and worship him he cried with a loud voice and said what have I to do with thee Jesus thou son of the most high God I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not See, he knows that there's a judgment day coming. And he's saying, you're early. You showed up, you know, what's the deal? It's, it's not the right time. New Living Translation, with a shriek. See, these spirits, they make a lot of noise. Now, many times they don't, but this guy was a chatterbox. He shrieked, he screamed. He says, I like the way they say it. He said, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? And all demons are like that. They go... I have rights. I have a legal right to be here. What, what are you doing? Get out of my face. They usually say it with vulgar language too. Amen? Blankety blank, I hate you. Blankety blank, I'm going to kill you. I don't have to listen to you, blankety blank. Son of the Most High God, in the name of God. Now even Jesus, or even the demon uses the name of God. I think that's so interesting. He goes, in the name of God, I beg you, do not torture me. So the demons can use God's name. Amen. Now there's four levels of uncleanness here. So first you have an unclean spirit. Then you have, they're in the Gentile country. Now, we don't think of a Gentile as being unclean, but if you're a Jew, a Gentile is unclean. That's why they don't like us, okay? That's one of the many reasons they don't like us, but we're God's people, and we're chosen, and you are the unclean, uncircumcised Gentile. And then he was in a tomb or a graveyard, which if you, Leviticus 23, you touch a dead body, you have to uh, purify yourself for seven days. And so he was unclean there, and then the pigs were also unclean. So you got, I mean, this guy is unclean to the uttermost. And I found something out doing this study here about uh, the Gentile spirit. So Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. And so when the temple was sacked, and then Zerubbabel is going back to build the temple... 
what the Samaritans would do is they would throw a pig carcass in the temple and then they'd have to stop building for seven days. And then they'd get cleansed and they'd start back building and then the Samaritan would throw another pig carcass in the temple. And so that's why the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along. Interesting, huh? Don't throw a pig carcass at a Jew. We love them. Verse 8, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And that is a lame way of what happened. He was fighting to get this spirit out. Even though he was Jesus, it was difficult. But he persisted. You can find that in the Greek. Verse 9, And he asked him, What is your name that he asked him a question because he didn't leave he goes come out he didn't leave and so he goes okay what's your name and he answers saying my name is legion the legion is not really his name his is an unclean spirit but which was his function but there were many spirits in him but they're legion because they were a group a large group and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country so one spirit is speaking to Jesus because it says he talked to him that he would not send, and that's the group, them. Don't send all of us out to a far country. Why would he say something like, don't send us to a far country? Soon he says the demon spirits are not omnipresent, so. She says they have to go. Well, anyway, I thought it was interesting. They, they didn't want to go out to a far country. So, you know, I've heard people say, casting out spirits, they go, come out and I cast you out and I command you to go to Africa. Or we could say, I command you to go to downtown Dallas. Well, that's not biblical. We just cast them out. But they didn't want to go away to a far country. Let's look at NLT. Then the spirits begged him again and again not to send them out to some distant place. What are they talking about here? Well, I'm going to present this to you. Um, tohu buhu is Hebrew for empty, void, and uh, vacant and so in Genesis it says the spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep I call that the wilderness which was vacant empty and void without form right in Genesis the earth was without form and void which is tohu buhu it's a wilderness okay if you remember in Leviticus 23, uh, Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, the high priest goes into the temple to make atonement for himself and for the people. And they do a funny little ceremony called the scapegoat. They bring two goats, they cast lots, one goat dies, he takes the blood, sprinkles it seven times on the altar. Then they put a red 
ribbon on the other goat, which is called the scapegoat, which was um, what we saw when uh, they said, crucify him and set this guy free. Barabbas was a scapegoat. They let the guilty man go and crucified Jesus. But anyway, the scapegoat, what they do is the, a live goat, he's taken by a fit man into the wilderness, which I call tohu-buhu. It's the wilderness. This is a spiritual picture. Why do they take the goat into the wilderness? Because they want the goat to starve and die. And what that does, it breaks the curse. See, God, when we come to him in 1 John 1, 9, we confess our sin. We ask forgiveness. His promises are always yes and amen. He forgives us. But there's consequences for sin. Okay? There's still... Just because you're forgiven doesn't mean you're off the hook. Amen? There's consequences and there's curses. And so if the goat dies in the wilderness, the curse is broken. If the goat is hungry and thirsty and remembers how to get back home to eat and drink, the curse isn't broken. So I would say that the spirits are going, don't send us into a far country or don't send us into a far land. We don't want to go to the wilderness. Because they know that the high priest can send a fit man with a goat on Day of Atonement. And if he dies, the curse is broken. So they're going to a faraway land. And you see that in the scripture. It says when you cast a demon out, they go to a dry place, look around, want to come back in. Right? The same picture. Same, it's a scapegoat. Break the curse. So I'm saying they didn't want to go to the wilderness. Now... There was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, 2,000 piggies. And all the devils besought him, they're still talking, saying, Send us into the swine that, me enter, that we may enter them. See, the demons wanted to go into the pigs. They didn't want to go to the far country. They wanted to go to the pigs. So why did they want to go into the pigs? <laughs> Mrs. Young says they got to have a body to function. This is true. You can have a free donut. 13. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave. Now, I think I have another uh, translation here, but he gives them permission. See, Satan has to have permission. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea where they were about 2,000, and they were drowned. They choked in the sea. They were drowned. Here we go, NLT. Jesus gave them permission. See, just like in Job, Satan had to have permission to attack Job. I'm telling you, that if you're walking holy before the Lord, the devil's on a short leash. We don't have to fear him. Unless we're not walking holy, then he can attack us. He's got legal right. It says, the evil spirits came out of the band and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. And here we go. Ratson and Fratson says, the pig says, I'm in a cliff-diving state of mind. Okay, here's another picture. Look at all them pigs going over the cliff. Okay, this is where I'm going to tell you that um, Satan's on a short leash and about the curse. 
uh, Proverbs 26, 2. So as the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. If you're under a curse, guaranteed there's a reason. Somehow there's an open door. Might not be anything you did. Could be, you know, from uh, Leviticus 23 again, the curse of uh, the ancestors, generational curse. Your parents could have done something. And so we have a, a young, like a four-year-old girl to pray for here in a few weeks. It's, it's um, the, the child's too young to sin. It's from the parents or the ancestors. And so just remember, now if you're walking holy before the Lord uh, and the door's closed, Satan cannot just jump on you. But you could be still walking holy before the Lord and be under a curse because of your ancestors. Amen. But we don't have to fear. That's why we have deliverance. Amen. 14. And they that fed the swine fled and told it to the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. You know, here's a miracle just happened. And now they went in and told everybody. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed. There was actually two men possessed with devils that have the lesion sitting. here. He, now he's sitting down quiet. He's not running around beating people and running them out of the territory. He had clothes on. He was in his right frame of mind. And they were afraid. Okay? You see a miracle? A lot of times it messes with your head. These guys saw a big one and they were afraid. And that's how the disciples, I believe, also were afraid. And they saw it, told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devils and also concerning the swine. So they're blabbing all about it. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. Now, this is a sissy way to say that they were basically telling Jesus to hit the road, Jack. It says, the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. They didn't like what happened. Okay? They did not like it a bit. 18, and when he was come into the ship, so he left. He's, okay, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. He that had been possessed with the devils prayed him that he might be with him. In other words, he's going, I want to go with you, Jesus. Now, usually Jesus says, don't tell anybody what happened. Just, you know, be quiet. But that's back on the Jewish side. He's on the Gentile side now. Uh, it says, howbeit Jesus suffered him not. Don't go with me, he said. But saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and have had compassion on thee. So Jesus tells this guy, go tell everybody. Not shut up and be quiet. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Now, Decapolis, well, I'm going to teach you some history here. There are a lot of cities on the east side of, uh, yes, history lesson. A lot of cities. Decapolis. Decapolis is Deca for 10 and Polis for cities. So 10 cities. 10 commandments, 10 cities. The capitalists, they just happen to be um, in the area of the Gergesenes. Oil and water from the start. Now, let's think back here before the temple got sacked. Um, Alexander 
was conquering the area. They had four generals. Alexander died, and he divided his kingdom up into four parts with the four generals. Amen? They continued Alexander's dream to Hellenize the world and set up these ten cities, which was the area called Decapolis, for Greek settlers. These to the Jews would be unclean so the Greek settlers slash soldiers lived in them. They were Roman cities. Think about this. They had their own court system, their own currency, temples, places of worship, theaters, armies, but they clashed with the Hebrews or the Israelites. You know, we're God's chosen people, and the, you guys are unclean, uncircumcised, non-Jews. So... I grew up in Iowa, and we have Indian reservation casinos on the soil, on the land. And when you drive into the casinos, you are on what they call sovereign ground. It's no longer American law. They have what they call tribal law. They have their own court, their own police, their own rules their own laws, and they have, it's like a whole nother, it's like you stepped out of America into a foreign country, that's what it's like, and uh, it's exactly what it is, it's no, you're no longer under American authority, well that's what happened here, they had their own society set up, and so the Jews, I mean, not for all those reasons, but because they were Gentiles, they were clashing, and many more reasons than that. So whom they considered beneath their civilized society, circumcision was considered barbaric. And monotheism, one God, only one God, that's crazy because they're Greeks. They're smart, right? They're educated. So they're so smart, they're dumb. <laughs> The Jews were repulsed by their pagan worship and sexual practices and resisted their cultural intrusion into Israel. So that's why Israel was on the west and the Gentiles were on the east. And they didn't mix. Things came to a head in 167 BC when Antiochus sacrificed a pig on the altar to Zeus in the temple in Jerusalem. Now shortly after that, um, in other unbiblical texts, you'll read about the, I'm thinking of the name. Who was the uprising that went after these guys? Slipped my mind. I'll think about it. They were the Maccabees. The Maccabees. They had the Maccabee revolt. Okay? This is what started that. So they sacrificed a pig. Now, isn't that interesting that they're sacrificing a pig? When Jesus and the pigs and the demons went into the pigs, they put a pig on the altar. And, of course, to the Jews, the pig's unclean. Amen? Oh, that's just a coincidence. Hmm. I don't think so. So, Decapolis, the ten-city area, that was Roman territory, Gentile area. And in the city of Hippos, they excavated, and this is pretty recent, they found the Temple of Diana. And guess what was their 
choice of sacrifice in the temple. Hmm, this little piggy didn't make it to market. Or did he? So, Diana worship was the god. See, this is so interesting to me because you have um, this city of the Philistines, which worship Dagon, the fish god. They're on the sea. These guys are worshiping Diana, and they sacrifice pigs. Then... This, this is a huge party. You, 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 uh, you, you just don't understand. When you're reading the Bible, you just do not understand this stuff until you dig into it. But Diana worshipped, including sacrificing pigs, eating the pig, drinking wine to excess, and uninhibited sex. So we would say, these guys are having an orgy. That's what's going on here. They had temple prostitutes, they had male temple prostitutes, and female temple prostitutes. Now, we think in America of a prostitute as being like a street walker, but these were people that were looked up to and respected, and they were like priests and priestesses that were ordained to operate in the temple, and you would go and have sex with these, and what the thought was that because you were joining with them, you were joining with Diana. And so they're saying, this is our God, and this is how we get close to our God. And then they'd have a big orgy and have pork and wine and, and sex. You know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You ever heard of that? That's what's going on. That's how they worship their God. Same thing today. Look at this, Revelation 2.20. Towards the end of your book here, it says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Uh-oh. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which call herself a prophetess. Come to this church, you'll find out how to be a prophet. Teachtheprophets.com. Check it out. To teach and to Zeus seduce my servants to commit fornication. Now that's what's going on in the temple of Diana. They're fornicating. And to eat things sacrificed to idols. What were they eating? Bacon, lettuce, and tomato, right? <laughs> well, I like bacon, lettuce, and tomato. I just don't have to have an orgy and drink wine to, to get it down. <laughs> Praise God. And pray over my food. So, back here, back here. I pray some strange prayers, but do you not know that if you're buying meat from Walmart, that a lot of it, and it's stamped right on it many times, it says halal, that's dedicated to Allah? Really? This is why you should and must pray over your food. And I say something like sanctified, healthy, clean, and wholesome in her body, Break off food sacrifice to idols. And people look at me if they hear me going like, what's he talking about, weirdo? Well, it's dedicated to a false god. And you're eating that. You got to pray over your food. Don't just eat it. And all the devils besought him saying, 
Send us into the swine that may, we may enter them. Why did they want to go into the pigs? Well, they need a body. See, spirits need a body to function. Because without a body, they're just wandering around. They can't function. They can't control anything. They can't operate. They, have, they need to come into a home, our body, and even an animal. And yes, I've cast demons out of animals before. This is a coin. You see on the left here, this is actually Diana. Y'all thought it was Caesar. This is Diana, and on the back is a pig. This here is a dog, because they used to hunt these things. Diana is the goddess of the hunt. But that's Diana and the pig. So there's your pig money and worship, uh, the, I mean, the whole system, the whole society was after Diana. That's why it said the pigs ran over the cliff. The whole town came out. You just destroyed our sacrifice, temple, worship, and, and money down the drain. Now, this is a Roman sign or ensign or insignia of their... At that time, they've had many animals they worship, but this was their sign. It was a boar, representing Diana, the goddess of the hunt, the boar, which they sacrificed in the temple of Diana. Here's another picture of it. Oh, here we go. Time for a, a laugh. Uh, the Arkansas pig. Yeah, it does look like the Arkansas Razorbacks, doesn't it? <laughs> Arkansas, we love you. <laughs> Good time to be quiet, right? Here it says, Bill, the pig's paranoia finally paid off when the herd unexpectedly became possessed. He's wearing a life jacket. He's not going to drown. This is what I do with pork. Now, the scripture says it's not what goes out or into a man's mouth, but what goes out that defiles him. So I don't follow the Jewish customs. I pray over my food. You know, I, I would go as far as to say this. Um, if I'm sitting, if I'm eating with a Jew, I'm not going to eat a pork sandwich in front of them. But when they leave, I'll take it out and have my pork sandwich and, and pray over it and eat it. No problem. So... Anyway, so the Diana, the temple worship, they were sacrificing pigs. That was their uh, emblem, the boar. And that's why, see, the pigs, the demons wanted to go into the pigs because they knew they would be butchered and served up on the, you know, temple. And people would be eating them and they get back in. We're going to get back in. So I don't have an explanation why they ran down and drowned, but their plan didn't work. And then they told Jesus to get out of here. They just, you have miracles happen, you know, people are going to come against you. They're going to come against the church. So don't let it stop you. We're still going to cast out in Jesus' name and raise the dead. And if they don't like it, they can go to the wilderness and we'll stay here. That's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to have the authority, not the, you know, and, and 
speaking of that, I've got a few more minutes. So the Jews were on the one side and the Gentiles were on the other. This is a perfect picture of the Baphomet, which is one hand high, one hand low, or one above, one below, the left hand and the right hand path. Might I say Democrats and Republicans, they're both wrong. They're both going to take you to hell. We can't look to either party or a man or a group to save us. We have to look towards Jesus. That's what actually happened before. You know, Jesus calmed the storm and they were afraid. Then he cast out demons into the pigs. They were afraid. So stop being afraid and looking at man to fix your problems. Go down the narrow path. Don't go down the right and the left-hand path. No man's going to save us. It's going to be one man, Jesus Christ, and the church needs to rally and come together. Amen? Amen. This is a good church to come to for training and equipping. Train the prophets. Learn how to cast out demons. Learn how to raise the dead. Become a part of it. Go on mission trips. We just had one go to Honduras, and we're trying to get to Cambodia. And There's things happening here. So if you are in some state or city in Texas or could be in Washington or Florida or whatever, and you go, there's no church like this, well, come to Plano. Join. Partnership with us. Come here. Get trained up. Learn how to fight and win. Learn and get involved in the kingdom building. Be a part. And go to spiritofprophecy.com or Prophecy Club and become a member if you can't move to Texas. But I say, come to Texas. So with that... I say, bless the donuts and the food. Thank you for coming, and stay tuned. At 1030, we will have church service. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church this beautiful November day. It is here in Plano, Texas, so if you can just um, join us anytime you'd like to Spirit of Prophecy Church. We're right here in between uh, Park and Parker on K Avenue in Plano, Texas. Just Plano. Plano, Texas. Anyway, so we have a couple of uh, announcements, actually quite a few announcements, so you'll just have to bear with me, for, especially for the church here. Uh, there's a sign-up that Brandon has, and he, we're going to hand this around. One is for the women's Christmas party that we have every year. Uh, it's updated. It's updated date, so make sure you note that. Uh, we're going to hand out new flyers today. It says updated at the top, so you can throw away your old one. Only use the one that says updated because the, the party is going to be December the 11th now. And also the men's gathering, there's another sign-up if you're going to go for that. Uh, that's also December the 11th. It's not December 4th. So it says updated on the top of that sheet also. So if you can hand those around, that'd be great. And then Freddie, my helper here, our little minister in training here, is also going to be helping me this morning. So thank you already, Freddie. Okay, this, this is... Um, about a movie called Sabina. Has anybody heard of the movie coming out, Sabina? Yeah, I had not heard of it either, but uh, Priscilla let me know that there's a movie that's going to be out only Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's a Christian movie. It's Christian. Yes, Christian movie. It's, it's November 8th through the 10th, so that starts tomorrow night, and it's, in, it's at certain locations, certain um, uh, movie theaters. So you might check your area. I know it's here in Plano at Legacy. I do know that. And this is called Sabina. It's actually about um, the, I guess, the Voice of the Martyrs. And it was about this woman. It's a true story, apparently, about her. Uh, I don't know the whole thing yet because I haven't seen the movie. But it's about her, um, I guess, testimony 
of just what the Nazis during that time of being tortured. But she's, it's, it's from the voice of the martyrs, so I encourage you to check that out. But this is what this movie is about. Sabina. So check your area, put in your, your zip code and see if it might be in your area. And I encourage you to go because the more we Christians support these type of movies, the more that we can have. And maybe if there's enough that go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday 8th, 9th, or 10th, in, their, in your area, then maybe it'll get to um, more areas, more, more, more movie theaters, and really be quite a success, which we want for Christian movies. We want there to be Christian movies out there. Actually, the Christians should be in the movies. They should, and we should have Christian movies. You know, he didn't, God still gave talents, gifts and talents to Christians. Um, we have awesome singers. We have often actors. We awesome actors. We have people that God created that inside them, dancers, etc. So they should be using it for the Lord. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, for those of you that are here physically at this church, next Sunday after service, we'll have our Thanksgiving dinner here. So just make sure you sign up that you're coming. How many in your party? Write down each name in your party, not just put your name because that's all I'll count. So I need to know how many exactly in your party are coming. And that is uh, this next coming Sunday, the 14th. You'll stay after church for the one service only. So those of you that are watching online, there'll be one service only next week. It'll start at 1030. Uh, but I encourage those of you at this church physically, if you'll come by 10 a.m. This is the November flyer, so you can throw away the ones you got last week. This says updated at the top, so it gives the correct dates, hopefully. <laughs> I changed it. Gives <laughs> the correct dates for the women's gathering and also the men's gathering in December. And also, ladies, I just want you to know that, you know, your children are welcome to come to the women's party. They have a great time, too, and I'm actually doing something a little different than a craft. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you'll really enjoy it, and the children will really enjoy it too. So I encourage you to bring them. Uh, also, have, we ask that you bring at least three dozen, hopefully, homemade cookies, or have somebody else homemade them for you, which is probably what I'll do. <laughs> that doesn't mean store made them for you, but anyway, uh, just make sure they're yummy, okay? Um, and, you know, we, we uh, always, Leslie Ann's always the overachiever. But I don't know how she does it with three kids, but yes. Go, Leslie Ann, bring them, right? But you got to bring about nine dozen because of your children that you're bringing, all your little crew. Is it never sleep? Never sleep. Yeah, never sleep. It, <laughs> in the middle of the night when everybody's sleeping, children are asleep, husbands are asleep, bake cookies. Wake them all up because it smells so good. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the men, uh, how many of you men have read the flyer to you for the men's gathering? Yeah, yeah okay, one, woo, ah, good. Well, Lou and Stan know about it, right? So, yes, it's for the shotgun tournament. Not really a tournament, but sh shotgun, um, what do you call it, range, uh, December the 11th. So, I'll, while we women are having a party, you men need to have a party. Right? Only thing it's going to cost you guys. So, but it's sign up for that. It's going to be a time for some male bonding, and I encourage you to sign up to go. Uh, there's a flyer that's out. It kind of gives you the price and where it's at. 
So make sure you receive that flyer. For those of you that are watching online, if you want to come, then you need to contact us at Spirit Prophecy Church to find out the information. But that'll be in Garland, Texas. Uh, so women, men, we already set our time clocks back, and I think we got that. Can somebody come and get these for me, Miss Lynn? And then you'll have um, the flyers that they'll be handed out for the women. It says updated at the top, even though you can't hardly read it. Sorry. And then also the men's. It says updated at the top. So how many of you women are planning on, you think, because there's a sign-up sheet for the women. There's a sign-up sheet for the men. I need to know how many are, are planning on coming uh, to be at the party at, at my house. Thank you, Freddie. You can go. Let's give him some appreciation. Thank you, Freddie. Such a handsome, handsome young man. Hallelujah. Such a handsome young guy. All right. Well, let's stand. Let's pray. We'll get our service going this morning. Lord, first of all, we just, we come to you, we just bow before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are here with us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We ask that you bless this service. We ask that you bless this message. We ask that you bless the praise and worship. We ask that you bless your people watching online and those that are here. Thank you for those that got up. They are committed. Thank you for that they've sacrificed and have come to this place. Lord, continue to bring others that are like-minded to this, to this church, to this location. Lord, there's something about gathering together. There's something about fellowshipping together that just cannot be replaced by watching it at home. So for those that live in the area that can make their way, I just ask that you give them provision. I ask that you give them time off. Ask that you make a way where there seemed to be no way for them to come and be a part of us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for healing my grandchildren. I thank you for specifically healing Paris. I thank you that he, she is healed and she's thriving and doing well. Lord, we give you all the praise and honor and glory for that. Lord, I thank you for also others that you've touched and that you've healed. I thank you for hearing our prayers and answering these prayers. I thank you for peace when there seems to be a time of turmoil. So I ask in the name of Jesus that you just release your peace. Release your peace to everyone that's watching. The peace that can only come from you. Not a peace that's man-made, not a peace that's mind-made, but a peace that's generally from you. Lord, we're going to pray till we receive that peace in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask that you continue to heal those that are watching online that could not be here with us today. Whatever their need is. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you touch them right where they are. And we just declare that you're victorious right now in Jesus' name. That your body is strengthened, that your mind is strengthened right now in Jesus' name. And that you're healed and that you're delivered and you're set free in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you all the praise and honor and glory. Your people, we need you so much right now, Lord. We always do, but Lord, this time and hour, we really need you. And we really need to hear clearly from you. We need to hear clearly, so help us to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and have no doubt, but know that you have spoken in the name of Jesus. Lord, I give you praise. We just don't have the right words, but we give you praise, and we give you honor, we give you glory, and we thank you. We thank you for you being here today. We thank you for 
as we lift up our praise to you in a minute and our worship to you, that it'll be pleasing to your ears in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Now, Lord, I'm just going to continue. It's time for offering. So, Lord, I ask that you just minister to your people. Encourage them to give what they're to give. Encourage them to check their hearts and be that cheerful giver. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that if they are in need of more provision, they need a raise, they need a job, whatever their need is, that you'll give it to them this week. And we thank you for it, that dream job, Lord. Lord, we give you honor, and we thank you that you're laying on the heart as to what they're to give today. In Jesus' name, and all the church said, amen, amen. 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 Here at our church, we bring our offering to the storehouse, so I encourage you to bring. Sunny, can you move the bucket over to the one over on one side and one on the other side? Okay, <coughs> that one's for Cambodia. Okay. If you need a card, um, make sure you just raise your hand and, and Michelle will give you a card. Okay. Or someone will give you a card. Hey, everyone. It's Chris Tomlin. Who needs a card? Who needs a credit card or debit card form? We need to have music. <coughs> I feel like weird kind of talking up here without music. That's okay. Does anybody need a card? We're good? Okay. Pastor Sam? Pray for this. <coughs> yeah, pray for that first. Okay, yep, we're done. Mr. Gallo, will you please come and help me pray over the offering? Mr. Gallo. Mr. Gallo. Would you like to start me first? I would. Probably. There's someone, a mic will quickly appear in your hands. Works to turn it on. All right. Heavenly Father, uh, we come boldly before you and we just want to say that we love you. We thank you for everything that you have done for us. And we just want to say that we are here for you and may this be a pleasing sacrifice to you as we give to you freely the way that you have given to us through your son. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, and we speak blessing over your nation. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we want to say before you that we aren't giving this because we have to. We're giving this because we want to. We're giving you this because we know that we cannot outgive you that you will give to us back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But Lord, we give this because we love you, because we want to build your kingdom. We want to get to heaven and turn around and see all the souls that we have been able to bring back to you. This is for soul work in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And now it's time for our monthly uh, communion. I was reading in Luke last night three times in the book of Luke. I wasn't counting accurately. It could be even more than that. But I know for certain three times Jesus specifically told them, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to be handed over to sinners. They're going to, in so many words, arrest me, do all manner of evil to me. They're going to kill me and I will raise again, rise again, three days later. I told him three times. But every time after that, he said, but God wouldn't allow them, in so many words, to understand that. And it's a strange thing to be able to read ink on paper, to be able to look down and say, yes, I know that that's an English word. I know those letters. I know what that word means. To read that sentence, to read that scripture, and not totally understand it. And when it comes to Christianity, we don't have a whole lot of rituals, but this is one he says specifically, this do in remembrance of me. And while we've talked about it a lot of times, just like sometimes we read those words and we don't really understand, wisdom and might are his. He changeth the times and seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings and giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Meaning, if he doesn't open our eyes, we can't see. I remember that prophecy that said, that God didn't even know I was writing a book on prophecy. But he said, God is going to, there is one word in the book of Revelation, and there's a lock on that word. He said, I'm going to open that word to you. And yet, how many millions of people have read through the book of Revelation has seen that word first fruits, but the lock was not open. And we find it sometimes hard to believe. You know, we, we want to think, look, that's an English word. I know the word meaning of that word. Therefore, I understand. And it's difficult for us to sometimes think, no, <laughs> you don't really understand that word. Yes, I know that's English. Yes, I understand that word, but we don't really understand. Now, when it comes to communion, we may have had communion all of our life. We may have gone through it thousands of times. But here's what this morning, let's try to get in our understanding. Lord, open our eyes to see. Help us to understand that what we are really remembering is the greatest event in human history. Without this, there would be no Gentile book of life. Without this... We would not be here this morning. Without this, all of our blessings, all of the life that we live and we enjoy would all be gone. The devil would have torn us up, would have had his way with us. Jesus said, no one takes my life, I lay it down. I lay it down and I take it up. I'm he that liveth and was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. So what we do now is remembering the greatest thing in human history. We don't do it every Sunday because we don't want it to become just rote. Just, we want to make it something very special. And so, 
when we look at that word and we think we understand it, we don't really. When we look at this communion this morning, do we really understand it? Do we really understand that Jesus knew he was going to Jerusalem, that he was going to be beaten and experience the most painful death of any human in history? He even asked the Father, do I really have to drink of this cup? Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine be done. He asked him three times. It was not easy. So much so that 11 of the 12 disciples died in pretty much the same way. You might think, oh, I don't think I want to be a disciple. Well, you have to understand that this world is but a vapor compared to eternity. This is not our home. We're just passing through. All this, these 70 some odd years that we get to live that long, all they do is determine where we spend eternity. And <clears throat> so not everybody takes this. There's even a curse on people that take it, that take it unworthily. So in just a moment, we're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Lord to bring to our memory anything that we need to confess. This is the time for us to confess to the Lord. Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So before we take this, we ask for our sins to be forgiven. So go ahead and bring it up here and we're going to distribute it around here. So in the upper room, again, the disciples, they'd been told three times that we know of, but their eyes had not been opened. And the reason was is because after he was crucified, the Holy Spirit then brought it back and then they remembered. Well, today we already understand. At least we think we do. So Lord, we thank you for this body and this blood that represents you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And they distributed around. Go ahead and distribute it. As they're distributing that, <clears throat> let's take a moment, just a moment in silence, and look into our heart. And anything that we can think of that we need to ask forgiveness for, now is the time to do it. Because the body and blood of Jesus is the only thing that will forgive those sins. The blood of bulls and bullocks and turtle doves, don't do it. But the blood of the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor, glory, and blessing. Everybody has the unleavened bread. Jesus handed it around and said, this is my body. Take and eat. And they all ate. Likewise, he poured a cup. 
and says, this is my blood, which is a new covenant, a new testament, a new way to get our sins forgiven, totally forgiven. And Lord Jesus, we know that this unleavened bread represents your body and that this grape juice represents your blood. It was shed for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, praise the Lord. All right, let's stand up and spread out. It's time to praise his great and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let me hear you singing hallelujah. Are you excited? Are you free? Oh, I don't know about that. Let's try this again. Are you free? Hallelujah. What? No, 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 well, no, 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 not yet, not yet. I want to hear everybody at the top of their lungs when I count to three, y'all. Hallelujah! How, what is it? Is we're we're afraid of it. Is it one or is it two? Amen's one. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Here we go. So we're gonna go. Amen. Hallelujah. Here we go. One, two, three. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. King of kings and Lord of lords, we've come to praise your great and mighty name. We lift you up. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let me see those smiling faces. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, my God. In you I put my trust. Yes, we do. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my hope. In you. In you, in you I find my peace. Hallelujah. In you, in you I find my strength. The joy of the Lord's gonna be your strength. In you, I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do, let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Sharonda, start it over from the beginning. All right. I want us to think about this for a minute. We're praising his great and mighty name. Amen. This is not a song. We could care less about the music or the words. But these are ways, our tools. We can use our keys for tools to praise his name. We can use our feet. We can clap our hands. We can use our praise shields, our praise banners, our tambourines, our voices. But not only that, this is a song. This is a tool as well. In you, in you I find my peace. In you, in you I find my strength. Let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. I lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Amen. 
Come on, that's something to be excited about. Use the song as a tool to praise his glorious name. Amen. All right, go ahead. Come on. Oh Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Oh Lord my God, in you I put my hope. Oh Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Yes we do Lord. Oh Lord my God, in you I put my hope. In you, in you I find my peace. In you, in you I find my strength. Yes, Lord. In you I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do. Let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Hallelujah. Oh Lord my God, to you I give my hands. Oh Lord my God, to you I give my feet. Oh Lord my God, to you I give my everything. Oh yes, we do. Oh Lord my God, to you I give my life. Oh, in you, in you I find my peace. In you I find my strength. In you, in you I find my strength. In you, I live and move and breathe. Father God, let everything I say and do, let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands up high. Let me see them. Come on. Come on now, let's get our feet moving. Hallelujah. Gotta dance like David danced. Hallelujah! In you, in you, in you, I find my peace. Yes, we do, Lord. In you, in you, I. Find my strength in you. I live and move and breathe. Father God, let everything I say and do, let everything I say and do, come on, founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Let 
Blessed be the King. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the Blessed be your name. Every blessing, every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun is shining down on me. When the world's all and it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be your name. On the road marked with suffering, those pain in the offering, blessed be your name. And every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name.
Oh, wow. 
We're holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding? How good it brings to me. Count the joy that comes every battle. Cause I know that there you'll be. Hallelujah, I can see the light in the darkness. As the darkness bows to him, I can hear the roar in the heavens. And the space between where sin, I can feel the ground shake beneath us. And the prison walls cave in. Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between Another one in the fire. He protected them like he'll protect you. We are his children. No matter if we believe or not. But this is the time. This is the time to shout out his name. And declare him your king of kings. Jesus. Lord, I believe in you. I believe in your miracles. There's another in the fire. I believe it happened and I believe it will happen for me. In Jesus' name, come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we believe and we believe in you. You are worthy, Father God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see t'was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace
seated. Man, I loved all those uh, songs today. Thank you. It kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? <clears throat> Where's our hope? You know, it's got to be in Him. Our trust has got to be in Him. You know, the world that we live in today, it's got to be in Him. You know, after traveling to the places, you know, we are so blessed we're so enriched here in America, and yet many of us are still struggling, just struggling to have enough food to put on our tables, struggling with our health, struggling in different areas, but he's the hope. He's the trust. He's the one to touch. He's the one to call upon. Amen? And if we get that in perspective, we can get through. You know, we have to remember that just like the song said, I mean, it was a powerful song. Like, you know, there's another that's in the fire. We have to remember that. You might be in the fire right now, whatever you're going through, where there seems to be no hope, but it's him. If you have salvation, you can get through. Because what's the devil going to tempt you with? What's he going to do? What kind of things could he put against you? If you have the love of the Lord in your heart, you've got it all. Amen. That's the salvation will be your strength. And then you can have the joy. So no matter what you're going through, remember he's there with you. 
right by your side. Hallelujah. He's a true God, a faithful God. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for anointing this man from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Thank you, Lord, for giving him the message to deliver to us this morning. Lord, I ask that you just increase the hearing in the spirit realm, but also just naturally have our ears be perked to the message that you have the hymn to bring. Let us hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Let us have, be obedient to the word. Help us remember the word as we go out. Let the enemy not steal it away from us. Let the, not the cares of this world steal it away from us. But let us be enriched. Let us be encouraged. Let us be um, also challenged so that we will do the word of the Lord. Lord, I ask that you bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When you return in a cloud, when you roll back the heavens like a scroll, when they see you return with all power and glory, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Okay, now let's make something right. Let's turn the lights off, turn these lights off, and turn those lights on, I mean. These off, those on. We're going to try something new? Well, no wonder. Somebody should let me know. Well, you know, I'm not the one to charge around here anyway. The Lord is, right? Okay, so that's fine. Question. Actually, let me pray again. Lord, we ask for your anointing. We ask that you would speak to the people. That you would put fire in my lips and my heart to speak what you want spoken this morning. And that your congregation, your church, would hear your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the question is, is the church asleep? Yes. In your opinion. Now, I'm not talking about the people that call themselves Christians that don't go to church. I'm talking about people that currently this morning or sometime this weekend actually attended church. Do you think they're asleep? Would you turn off the tall fan? Yeah, the tall ones do. <clears throat> Next question. Do you think that we're in the last days? Do you honestly think? In other words, do you think that the tribulation may be as close as a few years, not trying to set a date, a few years away? Do you really believe that? Well, what the prophecies are saying is that God is about to shake the church. And that's the title this morning. God is about to shake the church. Now, we all want the best for the church. We're part of it. We want the church to do well. Again, we're part of it. But on the other hand, we also understand that he's coming back for a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. Does the church, I'm talking about the ones that are actively now involved in church this morning or pretty much go most every Sunday morning. Are they asleep? Yes. And I'm not talking about just asleep, and I agree, yes, no, you're right, but not just asleep in terms of the end times, I'm talking about asleep in terms of their faith, in terms of walking with Jesus, listening to Jesus and praying. 
Is their giving right? Are their prayers right? Is their fasting right? I was shocked one time when we first asked people to come in that are coming to this uh, Sevenfold Miracle Crusades. We asked them to fast three days before they came. I was shocked at how many people said that was the first time in their life they had ever fasted. I mean, the three basic principles to get close to God are you got to make sure your giving is right, right, your fasting is right, and your, praying, your prayer life is right. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, I don't have a PowerPoint this morning. And to tell you the truth, the PowerPoint is easier for me because I tend to be mostly teacher. I know that's a shock to you, but... <laughs> but he wanted me to bring a message to you this morning. Let him speak it, not the PowerPoint. And that is church. He's saying to the church this morning, the people that are currently in church, not the visitors, but the real active participants. He's saying, church, I'm about to shake you. And what I'm about to do, remember, I'm the righteous judge. Remember, I'm not going to put you into anything that you can't be successful at. But I'm about to shake the church because the church has to get rid of the spots and wrinkles. Now, when we think of church, we're thinking of the American church, and that's part of it. But that includes also the Vatican. That includes all of the other denominations and all the other nations around the world. All of those people that are gathered this morning in the name of Jesus, he's saying, I'm about to shake you. Especially the American church, because in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and are all the slain upon the earth. I remember actually saying, we aren't the police officers of the world. Leslie can recall me saying that. to the. T I, by the way, I talked to the TV. Anyone else talk to the TV? <laughs> Leslie is going, nah. I talk to the TV. Liar. I say that often anymore now. I used to say, we're not the police officer of the world. Yes, we are too. We are the wall that's holding back the evil away from the world. That's the reason it says, in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints, for all those slain upon the earth. God is holding America responsible to hold back the evil. He gave us the money. He gave us the military. He gave us the power, the authority to hold back the evil, and we are going to fail. But before then, there's about to be a great harvest, a great revival. And yes, Spirit of Prophecy Church, Prophecy Club, and all of us, we're going to be part of it. But it's not just about us. Frankly, it's not about us. It's about him. Amen. And as soon as we start getting off of that, as soon as we're going to start getting off, <laughs> it's all about him. It's about his name, about his glory. He's saying, I'm going to shake you. But in that shaking, hear me, hear me, hear me, he is going to provide. He is going to be there. He is going to meet the devil inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does. He is going to meet him. When the devil comes out with his Ten Commandments, God is going to come out with the real Ten Commandments. When the devil says, I am Christ, God is going to show the blood that dripped on the Ark of the Covenant some 2,000 years ago and prove, no, this is the real Christ. Everything that, see, there's a battle that has been going on since Adam and Eve 
were th when Adam and Eve were thinking about eating the fruit, there was already a battle. And that battle is not stopped. But it is raging more fierce, more, with more fire, more anger, more fury today than probably any day since creation. We are in a battle. I got an email yesterday. And I can't, matter of fact, that's part, I can't speak every word I want to say here today because that's part of the battle. Because we are on platforms, if I say the wrong words, boom, they pull the platform. Now nobody hears it. I can't speak freely. We have lost our free speech in America. We've lost it. So I got an email, and it was a doctor from one of the four companies that have the anti-V. See, I have to talk in circles. And he was saying, let me tell you the real what's going on. He said, here's their plan from A to Z, and it was about a seven-year plan. And he says, they planned this, it happened. They planned this, it happened. It happened, it happened, it happened, it happened. And in the next year or so, here's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Totalitarian government. You're going to lose your rights. They're going to take over, take over, take over. And, of course, we know where it's eventually going. Mark of the beast. Now, you have to understand, that's what the devil has planned. But there is another side of it. God has a plan. So God says, all right, you're going to do this, but I'm going to meet you step by step, inch for inch, pound for pound, everything you do. So as the devil is doing this and this and this and this, God is preparing. There's a time. There's a time when the shaking hits the church, just like several of the dreams have shown us from several of the people I saw pastors running out of the churches, throwing down their Bibles, rebuking the name of Jesus, disowning Jesus, denying Jesus, saying, I never, I'm ashamed I ever said the name Jesus. I'm ashamed I ever had anything to do with Jesus at the church. People in the church walk out denying Jesus, spitting on Jesus, burning churches. Okay, so yeah, there's a shaking coming to the church. But when the shaking reaches the certain point, my brothers and sisters, we're going to see not just miracles and signs and wonders. We're going to see fire of the Holy Ghost. We're going to see real preaching. We're going to see truth finally return to the church. Amen. The church is about to wake up, like it or don't. Amen. And unfortunately, it's not going to like it. A lot of people. Michael Boldeo goes out to speak at these different churches. And he says, almost every time, when I get done talking in a church, talking about the real God, people come up and say, and he said, they always started with these two words, my God. He says, well, my God would never destroy America. My God would never do that. Okay, well, perhaps you should find the real God. What God is about to do is going to be harsh, but it's going to be good. Why? Because he is the righteous judge. True and righteous are thy ways. He is the righteous judge. And if you look back in your life, look back in your life for just a minute, because I look back in my life, and everything he did that was tough on me was exact, right? Come on, was exactly the right thing to do. At exactly the right... Now, we didn't like it all the time. Sometimes he was pretty tough on us. But it was exactly the right thing we needed. 
at exactly the right time, exactly the right thing to set us on the path. Because every time he was slapping us is because we were getting off. He slaps us back on the path, right? He, he doesn't do it to hurt us. He does this to help us to be more Christ-like. So what he's about to do to the church, it's going to be harsh. Because here's, here's the way it is. Here it is. Now you correct me if I'm wrong, and you ain't going to correct me because I know I'm right. The further we get off the path, okay, here's the path. Further we get off this way or this way, further we get off that path, because there's people that go too far to the right and they get into this Christianity stuff, this holiness, this uh, super Christian stuff, or they get off into drugs and alcohol and who knows what, okay? But the further we are off, guess what happens? He said it. He said it. The harder the slap has to be. Now, if we don't want the hard slap, for she saith in her heart, I said a queen, and I'm so, and a widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Why is it that America's judgment has to come in one day? Because she won't listen. The American church is not listening to the Spirit of God today. So this guy, Andrew, comes to me. He says, man, he says, we talked for two and a half hours. Before we even, discussed, we, before we even started talking about what we did for a living, we talked for two and a half hours. And he, he would say a sentence, I'd interrupt, or I'd say a sentence, he'd interrupt, and we're finishing each other's sentences. I haven't had a conversation like that in a long time, not since I met Alfredo. <laughs> and some of you in here, right? We have those kind of conversations because we're linked in the spirit. He said, I know you haven't known me but three weeks. And I said, brother, I've known you all your life. Just last night, I told him, I've known you all your life. How can I say that? Have you ever met somebody that's a brother or a sister in the Lord and you knew each other instantly? Because it was the same spirit, right? Think about it. Same spirit. God has to shake the church. He is not doing it because he's trying to be mean. But the church has gone so far away, it's going to take a whopper of a slap to get the church back over. But when that slap comes, and when the wannabe Christians, the backsliders, the... I don't need to say all the words, right? Okay, you know what I'm saying. When all those that are not walking the path and refuse to walk the path. Now, when the slap comes, some will say, yes, sir, I'm back on the path. You have my attention. I'll do it. You're right. I was wrong. I won't do it again. Am I talking to anybody today or am I talking to myself this morning? Somebody says, you know what? I've been where you've been. <laughs> yeah, I lived where you live. But I'm telling you. Anyway, he says to me, he says, Stan, he says, I, I work with all those pastors. I've seen what they do when we go to lunch. I've seen what they do when the mic's turned off and the camera's turned off and the light's turned off. I've seen, I've seen who they really are. He said, you're light years ahead. Now, I'm not saying Stan Johnson. I'm saying those people that understand the last days, those people that are walking with Jesus, those people that are... Walking with Jesus are light years ahead of the church that's way over here. The church is asleep. A slapping is coming. 
And since we know and believe that every one of those slaps is for our good, those I love, I chasten, right? Isn't that what it is? Those I love, I chasten. He loves me. <laughs> How many of you he loves? How many of you? Does he love you? Have you ever said, Lord, I am shocked at how hard you hit me? See, the closer you get to the Lord, the harder the slaps. Now, some of you, see, some of you go, oh, I'm sorry for you. Because if you start getting close to the Lord, the slaps get harder, right, prophet? Yeah, and quicker. And I was talking one, with one other minister, and I said, do you feel that over the last three months that the path has gotten more narrow? He said, absolutely. It's like <clears throat> trying to walk, if you can imagine walking down between two buildings, and a building is here, and so there's a narrow walkway, and you're walking down... But as you, as you keep walking, you notice those buildings are getting closer and closer. And before long, you're going. That's the way I feel right now. If I make one, it's like. But that's a good thing. So to the church that's way off over here, guess what's coming? A curve. And a lot of them will say, that's not my God. My God would never do that. And they're going to walk away. They're going to walk away. They're going to deny, deny Jesus. But understand, with that, God is going to provide. And we always think about food and water and things like that. Yes, he's going to provide those things. But he also is going to show up with the Spirit. I've said it a lot of times, and I keep coming back to it, because to me it's, it's a real source of encouragement. I told you, April, excuse me, August 8th, 2015, Saturday night, Lord, what do I say tomorrow morning? And I heard words. I said, this is the time of miracles. As the judgment hits, so are my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them. I will never leave them nor forsake them. As the judgment hits, so are my miracles. Miracles are like no one has seen, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. And you tell them, I will never leave them nor forsake them. I will meet the devil inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, he's, I'm going to meet him. So as this shaking takes place, Stan, what is it? You know, that's not the point today. There's a shaking coming. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist it doesn't take a prophet of God to tell anybody these days, the church is not walking right. Right? If the church was right, there wouldn't be a Hollywood. If the church was right, we could go to movies and we wouldn't have to see flesh. We wouldn't have to see wicked or hear wicked words. If the church was right, the country would be right. Right? But right now, nobody listens to the church. They call all of these commentators on. They call political people. They call business people. But they never call a pastor. 
because the church is not respected. But the church, if the church was walking right, the church would have the respect. It should be the first person they call for their opinion. What do you think about this new legislation? Ought to be a pastor. Instead, what are they doing? Yeah, that's right. Amen. So as the church gets slapped, let's understand, and I know this is going to be hard, we've got to keep ourselves out of the world, keep our eyes off of the world. As the slap comes, whatever a slap might be, understand that it would not happen if we were right, and it will not happen unless Jesus is doing it. You do understand it's not the Russians hitting us. You do understand it's not the Democrats opening up our border. It's not the Democrats doing the thing in Afghanistan that was so wrong. Okay? It's the Lord allowing it based upon what the church is not doing right. It's what comes out of our mouth. Because he gave us power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and... That's right. Everybody, you ought to know that word. Get your nose in your Bible, my brothers and sisters. Nothing by any means shall hurt thee. As the slap comes, the righteous part of us, the flesh part of us, the world part of us, we don't like it. I understand that. It scares us a little. I understand that. But the righteous part of us should be rejoicing. Stan, you're sick. But no, no, this is right. We've got to stay rejoicing. We've got to keep our eyes on the cross and understand that now it's time to go to work. Yes. Leslie had a dream. She was going to sleep that night, and we were in a particular financial pinch, and it seems like we always are. Matter of fact, Michael Baldea says the ministries that are really telling the truth are all of them are in a financial pinch, and I thought, we are thus. <laughs> anyway, so she said, she prayed before she went to bed. She said, Lord, should I just tell Stan to just close Prophecy Club and just go get a job? It was that time. So she had this dream that night. She said that him and I were in a, a uh, like on an island paradise. It was like a, you know, a, like an island. And she said, and it came on the news that we had 30 minutes that missiles were heading our way. And <clears throat> I've thought about it a lot of times. We reacted wrong in the dream. We, re we reacted wrong. And instead, we ran out of the houses and we were running up into the hills. And I've thought about it a lot of times. And when trouble hits, my brothers and sisters, what we should have done is got on our knees and prayed. That's what we should do. We can't prepare for every eventuality. But if we're going to go, I want to go on my knees, praising and worshiping my God. That's where I want them to find me. I want them to walk in, and if we're gone, it's Stan and Leslie on their knees, praising and worshiping God, and that's where they find us. If God takes us there, then that's fine. What I don't want to do is what the dream showed is we were running up into the hills. That's trying to protect yourself. As this trouble comes, it's the time for us to get on our knees. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Yes, the Lord told Leslie that we do need to prepare as much as we can prepare. But no one can prepare for every eventuality. You just can't. I, I saw a guy, Leslie, I went to his home up in Nebraska back in probably year 2000, just before Y2K. He asked us, he practically drug us to his house. And we're setting his kitchen table. He says, I think I have everything prepared. He says, so tell me something you think I might not have. Toothbrush. Got it. I said, I said, yeah, I'm pretty close. He said, toilet paper. He said, I got it. I said, tampons. He said, got it. I mean, I'm trying to think, okay, what could be something he forgot? So we, we, we took the challenge for several. I mean, we, we started going through every little thing. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Well, it was 21 years ago. We don't know how to prepare. And what I've been praying for the last three or four months, really probably more like about a year now, Lord, I just constantly say, Lord, show us what to do to be prepared. Only you know what we need to do to be prepared. I'm confident he will provide and protect. He'll show us what to do to prepare in the physical way. I'm more concerned is am I prepared spiritually? Am I clean enough? Am I close enough? Is my giving right? Is my <clears throat> fasting right? Is my prayer life right? I said this last this morning when I pulled on my suit. I just, like that, my pants just, just, they're all buttoned. They're all buttoned. From this last fast, I lost so much weight. Just, I have to, anyway, I lost a lot of weight. The point is, she says, yeah, you're looking like a skinny old man. <laughs> well, that's what she said. So I said, okay, so what are you saying? I need to lift weight? She says, you need to just start eating right. So. Eat more bread. <laughs> yeah, eat more bread. <laughs> Our giving must be right. And I'm not taking an offering. This is, this is not between me and you. This is between you and God. Amen. I, I, Leslie and I, we have to be right in our fasting. We have to be right in our prayers. We have to be right in our giving. We have to be right. If we're right, then he's going to look down and he's going to say, I believe I can use that woman. I believe I can use that man. I believe I can use that teenager. We're going to see all kinds of things. <clears throat> Jesus said to one of his disciples, he said, Prophets of old have desired to see what you have seen and did not see it. Desired to hear what you have heard and did not hear it. I believe we are the last generation and there will be a time when this is all washed out, we get to look back and see everything. That the prophets of old say, man, I wish I could have lived in those days. You got to see the beast. You got to see the Antichrist coming. You got to see the new world order. You got to see Jesus return. You got to see, you, get to, you got to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We get to see a lot of things. 
but we have to be right. And that's really the message he wanted me to bring to you today without a PowerPoint, because if I get into PowerPoint, then it tends to be an A, B, C, D, E, K. The church is about to get a shaking, point one. Point two, as part of the church, make certain that our heart is right. Don't get me wrong. Preparations are good physically. Make sure our heart, our spiritual, our giving, our prayers, our fasting, that we're reading that word. When's the last time you spent an hour just reading the Bible? Just reading the Bible. There's a shaking coming. Make certain our heart is right. Yes, we're going to get scared, the flesh part of us, which we all have. But we're going to push that flesh part down and we're going to bring out that spirit man part and we're going, to, we're going to continue to see that this is the will of God because nothing happens except it was by His will, not by... by, not by <laughs> That's a good congregation. When I start saying it and they finish the word, that's good. Not by my power, but my, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He's about to use his church. He's about to use people in very big ways. Small people in big ways. Small people in big ways. How many small people we have in here this morning, right? He's about to use small people in big ways. Look at what he's done. If you look at your life, even over just the last 10 years, look at what he's done to bring you to the position now. <clears throat> Where we understand and I'm not talking about just the end times. I'm talking about understanding the gospel and a closer walk with him. We're getting prepared so that he can use us to win a lot of souls. The greatest harvest in human history is about to come in. And that means that there's about to be the greatest slap to the face of the church. And there will be a great shaking. I am reminded from one of Coverstone's dreams. He said he saw the angel walk over and pick up the church. He said he lifted it up and he shook that chard and slammed it down on the ground and he turned to him and he said, I warned him. I warned him. How many warnings have we heard? I said to somebody the other day, I said, what's the closest ministry to the Prophecy Club? They said, there is nothing like the Prophecy Club. Well, there ought to be. There ought to be a lot of warning ministries out there warning the church. And the church ought to be listening. But the church is asleep. So there's a, there's a shaking coming. We have to make certain that we're prepared. Okay, Stan, well, what would you suggest I do to be prepared? <clears throat> For just a minute, putting aside physical preparations. We've already talked about our giving. I would say simply in the terms of giving without getting into a lot of details, I look at it like this. If God says we should give this much, then have we given that much? Or have we given more? Or are we a little light on what he says give? In other words, is our giving right? If our giving is right, then it's not just a little light in our giving. And it's not just even, well, he said give 10%, or he said that we should give alms and offerings and, you know, whatever he says, whatever you think he says. 
It should not be here. It should be here. Because he says, if you give, I'll give back to you, press down, shaking together, running over. I will cause men to give him. So our giving should be right. We've already taken an offering, so I'm not trying to take an offering. Next thing is our prayer life should be right. How do I say this? So <clears throat> the flesh part of Stan doesn't like these kind of messages. I prefer the PowerPoint because I can just get up and teach and <laughs> I don't have to get worried about what am I going to say. And that's what he spoke to me yesterday afternoon when I was praying about what do you want to say, what do you want to say. And he said, nope, no PowerPoint on this one. I'm going to deliver a message to my people. So I'm over here praying this morning. Okay, Lord, now would be a really good time for you to tell me what to say. And it was not until just moments before I got up here I knew what I was supposed to say. Yesterday, walked into my office, and I was talking to the Lord, kind of in my... <clears throat> you know, they said to Dimitri, you walk around talking to God all the time. And I, I understand. So I was saying, Lord, and I mean, touch me with this anointing immediately, saying, don't worry, I'll be there. And so I know that the message I'm bringing to you this morning is of God. And that is, church is going to get a shaking, so make sure our giving, our prayers, and our fasting is right. Have you fasted three days? Three days straight. Because when it comes to fasting, when I'm, when there's something in my heart that's burning in my heart that I really have to hear from God, something I really, really want done, and I can't do it, when there's a burning here, fasting is easy. If I'm, I, if I fast to lose weight, oh man, I'm hungry. But if I fast for God, hunger gone. Hunger gone. These four days of fasting we just did here that ended this Thursday, I get hungry. I will say that, <clears throat> matter of fact, Lou, Lou heard me say it. I said, I'm, uh, I'm dizzy. Remember? I, I got more dizzy that evening. I had to eat a little something. Leslie says, you tell the people, don't hurt yourself. You need to eat something, you know, so you shouldn't hurt yourself either. I was getting dizzy, and I mean, I, I could tell, you know, Time to eat a little something. So, outside of the four-day fast, that was the only time I felt like I had to break it. But when we're fasting for the Lord, hunger's gone. It's an easy fast, and we're concentrated on Him. If our fasting is right, our giving is right, our prayers are right, and when I go into my prayer closet, I don't go in there with a gimme, gimme, gimme. Let me gimme, gimme, gimme. Let me pray. Let me gimme, gimme. What are you gonna gimme, gimme, gimme? I go in there, let me tell you just how much I love you. Let me tell you just how much I think you're awesome. It's all about worship. Worship, 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 worship. He that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Meaning, I'll say of my Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Not running up into the mountain. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Our fasting, our giving, and our prayers have to be right. If that part of our life is right, then we fear not. 
So the shaking's coming. Get ready. Get ready here. Amen? Are we ready? No. Nobody should say yes, including me. The flesh side of us wants to say, yeah, yeah, we're ready. We're not ready. But we're trying. Right? Getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. Right? Lord, help us to get ready. Help us to get ready. Help us to be in the right place where you can look down and say, I believe I'm going to use this young man or this old woman or whatever it might be. Look down and say, I believe I'll use them. We say, Lord, hear my, send me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're online and you want to give, you can just slide down to the bottom. There's a little blue line there. You click it, and lo and behold, money starts flying up to the Lord. You can see it from the well, maybe not exactly, but <clears throat> anyway. God bless you for watching. God bless you for thank you. Thank you for coming.